0: listening to the weekly podcast presented by the lighthouse midlothian for more information please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org thank you and god bless He has come all the way from Switzerland. He flew in last night, honestly. So he's on some other time zone. He asked me if it was 1 o'clock yet. I'm like, no, not here. I think it is in Bermuda. I can tell where his mind is. Anyway, but he, he has the anointing of God, you see? So he's going to give us the message God gave him to give us, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, he brought someone from his church. A uh, young Englishman who was born in Switzerland. He still has retained his Ipswich accent. Ipswich is near Norwich, but they're quite the rivals, so uh, I'm allowing him to stay in our house, but uh, we had to declare a truce. Yes, and they've already been to KFC, and uh, they're just gonna get their download on American food, barbecue, Mexican, and uh, maybe even burger. So I'm talking your language. That woke a few people up. So hopefully you'll stay awake. All right, so Mark will keep you awake. Anyway, most of you, have, has anyone not ever met or heard of Mark before? Okay, three of you. That's awesome. So he is a pastor in Switzerland. Yes, there are some of the people that have to do that. Uh, but he's a church planner, and he's been all over the world. God brought him to South America, Africa, with a one way ticket. He was on the mercy ships. He met his beautiful Swiss slash English wife in Youth with a Mission. And uh, we met him through Time of Refreshing, through Bill and Emma Jean. He was, did you come to the very first Time of Refreshing? Yes, he was a young, single guy with a backpack walking up in the snow. I've heard the story many times. And uh, he's just a blessing. So we've, he's come here for about 10 years, I think. We were working on the coffee house. He put in some of the baseboards. It's a legendary story now. So he says he had a t-shirt that said, we'll work for coffee. So <laughs> anyway, he's just a, a blessing. And, and one of the highlights of our year is having him come and speak to us. So welcome with me, Monsieur Mark McCorb.
1: What a welcome. Thank you. It's always such a privilege to be here. And I just want to start by saying thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Um, God has supernaturally provided for us, for our kids, for housing, uh, for our life. It's just been supernatural. But for ministry, it has been from you all. And so thank you very much. Um, It's been an amazing journey. Very exciting to see God move and. And keep us going, and we've been doing new things this year. Just to give you a little update, we just got back from Albania. I don't know if any of you all ever been to Albania or even looked about it. I I could have lived and died and never knew it existed. In Albania, <laughs> but it's down there next to Greece, and it's a uh, it was communist, shut up for 50 years. It was the hardest ruled communist country in the world, and we went in there, and they're first generation Christians and they're so hungry, and it's so beautiful. Um, after communism left, they just said, well, we're Muslim. They're not really, but officially, they are 50, 60% Muslim. But on the center of Tirana, there's a statue of a soldier who was a general in the Ottoman Empire from Turkey, and he, became, he was kidnapped as a kid, made a child soldier, and became a general, and he went conquering for the Ottoman Empire around the world. And But when he got older, he defected with hundreds of soldiers and went back to Albania and resisted the Ottoman Empire from coming into Europe for 25 crucial years. And he has a big statue on the center. And he's not Muslim. He's not uh, atheist. He's a Christian. He has a cross on his helmet. And he's declared a champion for Christ. And he's their only national hero. <laughs> It's very ironic, but it's beautiful, and uh, so we've been in, um, this year we've been in Albania just a week or two ago, and um, we've been in Greece more recently, and um, Lebanon, in Beirut, so from Switzerland where we are at, it's so convenient, I mean, we can be in the Middle East in three hours, like from y'all to go to Kentucky or something, so it's just a and we're, God has just set us up. He has blessed us so much, but you all have sent us, and so we're very thankful for that. And the Kaisers equip us, and uh, Nancy and Scott Hinkle uh, took me on the streets in New Orleans, in New Orleans, uh, all those years. And so I'm so thankful for you know ha- coming from Texas and Texas forever, guys. Come on, let's <laughs> just. But I left in 1986. Uh, from Dallas and God has he just did so many wonderful things in my life I want to thank you all so very much for supporting us it's amazing the church in Montreux Jason is from there he's my translator there our sound man he does everything at our church so be sure to shake his hand and and uh, connect with him he uh, he's been at the church three or four years and he is normally at church before everybody he drags his parents to church type of thing and uh, he's two hours He's your Nathan. Where's Nathan? Where's Nathan? Oh, right there, okay. Well, uh, that's awesome. And so uh, be sure to shake his hand and, uh, and greet Jason. You're Nathan, yeah. So hey, I, wanted to, I have a word for you from the book of Hebrews is what I really felt the Lord wanted me to share with y'all. Y'all know the book of Hebrews. Christians who are kind of tempted to go back into judaism and paul is encouraging them no you got something better you got something much better don't go back don't go back to texas mark oh no better something better well it's not switzerland it's heaven uh, god has something much better for us and uh if you uh how many of y'all have made new year's resolutions how many forgot your new year's resolutions already i mean it's just february every year at the fitness the place is packed in january and then starts whittling down <laughs> By the time you get to Ju- July, it's empty, you know. But uh, I'm, I'm kind of more of a new Monday's resolution type of a guy. When Monday comes around, I say, I'm going to go to the fitness, you know. I, I, I make new resolutions every Monday. Um, this year, I'm having to make new decade resolutions. Uh, you know, this is a new decade. And about 10, 15 years ago, we made uh, some resolutions that we were going to start five churches and the Lord led us, and we were able to. It was for. It was called the 2020 vision, and we adopted it about 10 years ago. And it just was something out there. Let's start five new churches, and God opened up doors supernaturally. And I, I just want to share a little bit about that with you, because I believe we need to make new decade resolutions. Who has made those already? In 2030, what are you going to look like? What's your World gonna look like? You gonna have grandkids? Are you gonna have kids? Are you gonna get married? Or what will you look like in 2030? Jason, debonair. What? He's got this accent going for him. He's got all kinds of things going for him. Can you project yourself 10 years? What about 100 years? How about some new century resolutions? In 2120, what's it gonna look like here in Midlothian because of our contribution? What about a new millennial resolutions? Those of you who are alive in 20. 2000, the year 2000, maybe you thought about that, making new millennial resolutions. Anybody have you been thinking that far in advance? Well, this is a principle in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews especially, where it talks about the men of God were looking forward into the future. And they, were, they could see thousands of years in the future. And if you'd look with me in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10, it's speaking about Abraham here. It says, he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So Abraham, he, God told him, I'm going to give you a son and I'm going to give you a promised land. And he, he, he received Isaac and he walked through the promised land, but that wasn't enough. He was singing, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Because he he was looking for a thousand years in the future. In Isaac, he saw Jesus. Look, Look with me in verse 13 through 16, talking about all the men and women mentioned in this chapter. These men of faith, I've mentioned, died without ever receiving all that God had promised them. But they saw it all awaiting them on ahead, and they were glad... For they confessed that this earth was not their real home, but that they were just pilgrims visiting down here. That was their confession. In the 1970s and 80s here in Dallas, I learned the confession message. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ. But to be honest with you, I can't remember ever once saying, I am a pilgrim here. That was not the main emphasis in the confession message. I still on Monday mornings need to say, I can do all things through Christ. That's a good confession. We need to do it. But we need to say, I am a pilgrim here. How many of you ever said that before? That was the mantra of their life. I am a pilgrim here. I don't belong here. I'm an alien. I, Petra used to have a song. I'm, we are strangers. We're aliens. But not every rock group had that song. I mean, that, that was a pretty unique one going around saying, I'm an alien. Well, you look like one this morning, Mark. Well, maybe, but I'm a pilgrim. Say it it with me. I'm a pilgrim down here. And look in verse 14. And people who speak like this, it says that they're looking forward to their real home in heaven. If they had wanted to, they could go back to the good things of the world. But they didn't want to. They were living for heaven. And now God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has made a heavenly city for them. It's a different way of life. It changes our our resolutions. Put it that way. Amen? Amen. It's a different way of living. Uh, Jesus even said it in John chapter 8. About Abraham. He said your father Abraham was full of joy at the hope of seeing my day. He saw it and he was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you're not 50 years old. Have you seen Abraham? And he says before Abraham came into being, I am. But Abraham saw Jesus. And that's why he he was thankful for Isaac. He was thankful for the promised land. But he knew that was he was a pilgrim in the promised land. He never built a house there. He was looking for something better. You guys look great in here. I feel like I'm in a brand new church. I've never been in this building before. (coughs) But I believe that God's going to give you something better than the new Methodist church. But that's not your final destination. You're going to get a new building, and when you get in there, you won't be content. You'll be thankful, for sure. You'll be respectful. You'll use it for the glory of God. But it won't satisfy you. Maybe after a couple of months, you'll be saying, well, what's next? My coach that he he led me to the Lord. I've got a little video clip maybe. Uh about my coach. He led me to the Lord, but before have you got a clip or before uh he was Christian, he he wanted to go to the Olympics. And he did. And you can just let it roll while I'm talking. He he kind of wrote the textbook of springboard diving. And uh He was in the World Book of Guinness Records for the only man to get perfect dives in international competition from all seven judges. Ten, 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 ten. And the head position, every finger has to be in line. Your toes have to be pointed. And that was my downfall. I was a diver, but I wasn't like this guy at all. I was the Bible says God put eternity within the hearts of men that he might reach out and seek him. And this was something I could not reach. But he was my coach, and uh, he went to the Olympics. And he got there, and he got his medal and stuff. And he wasn't a Christian, and he came back from the Olympics, and he started shaking and trembling. He was having a psychological letdown because he had no more worlds to conquer. He'd been there, done that. And as a diver, you don't, you can't get paid. It's not like a basketball player or something. You can't, you know, go to the finals every year. Uh, and so he started shaking. And someone had told him about Jesus. And so as he was shaking, he just said Jesus, like uh, the worship leader was saying. You, you can just whisper and just whisper in the name of Jesus. He got saved, radically saved. And he didn't know. He didn't understand everything. But he got saved, and he got invited to go speak at the Full Gospel Businessmen Convention at many churches. He was a famous Christian all of a sudden. He'd been to the Olympics. He's got a word for you. <laughs> so he's going around preaching, and he went to a church that was all handicapped. The whole church was handicapped. They, keeping every finger in line was not part of their life. And the, even the pastor was handicapped, and he would, the pastor would drool. And it would take him a long time to even speak one sentence. And so my coach was given his testimony. Yeah, God saved me. I was I went to the Olympics, and I came back, and I was psychologically disillusioned. And I was shaking, and and I got saved. And he gave his testimony, you know. And then the pastor says, he said it took him about two minutes to ask him this one question. He said, do you know why you were... Why you were so disillusioned? And my coach says, "Well, I really haven't figured it all out. I just know I got saved." And the pastor he said, "You were disillusioned because you set your goals too low." Such a huge paradox. We would think, "Okay, in 2020, you know, I'm going to make the resolution. I'm going to go to the Olympics." Or i'm going to build a house or i'm going to establish a family or i'm going to start a ministry or i'm going to go to the mission field and these things are great i'm not knocking i'm not knocking the olympics i think that's a great thing it's a great goal but if that's all you got your goal is too low you're going to get a new church building but that goal is too low we've got to see christ in our future a thousand years what is that building going to do for this country what is it going to do for the world and our kids Can you see your kids 50 years from now? Can you see what they're doing? Do we even think about that? Are we so busy with ourselves? this year, 2020? uh, I'm going to lose a little weight. Now, that sounds honorable for one year. But what if you said, in 2030, I'm going to lose about 10 kilos by then, or 10 pounds. All of a sudden, our goals, they seem so puny. And even after the Olympics, or have you seen, I saw Jack Nicklaus walking off the golf course for the last time In Scotland, and this grown man—he's crying like a baby. There goes my life. I don't know if you saw that. It's—it's. I mean, or MMA fighters. These huge guys, 30 years old, they have to retire. They're too old now, 30, and they're crying. It's my last fight. And I love MMA. I'm not bashing a lot of Christians in there, but uh, the goals are too low. I want to challenge you to set your goals higher. Set your goals higher than an Olympic medal. Amen. When we first came with my wife to Bible school, we were singing this song. I will move up higher. I will move up higher. I'll set my sights only on him. And the base things of this earth will grow strangely dim. It's strange how these goals we have go dim in the light of his glory. Amen. When I was 17 years old, I went to a church. It was my church, still my pastor. I call him up today. And I walked in, and this lady had a prophecy for me. I didn't even really know what prophecy was. And she starts quoting me, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. And I've got it here in the message. It says, no one's ever seen or heard anything like this, never so much as imagined anything quite like it, what God has arranged for those who love him but you've seen and heard it because God, by His Spirit, has brought it all out into the open before you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. That's from the message. But you know, Paul, he was quoting Isaiah in chapter 64, verse 4. From of old men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither has the eye seen a god besides you who works for him that waits on him a god who actually gets involved in our daily life no other religion has ever mentioned this you got world religions with billions of people following them but their god will not wash their feet never you never hear of any other religion in the world that says god will literally wash your feet or die for us or work on our behalf if we wait on Him. They're just idols. They're just a statue. There's just history. But we have a God that will actually get involved in our daily life and in our future. Eye has not seen and ear has not... And when that lady quoted that to me, I was 17 and I walked in this church and and she's laughing at me. And I was scared. It was an all-black an all church, and I was the only guy in there, white guy in there, and, and, and she's, ha, 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 I said, what did I do wrong? And she's laughing, ha, 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 ha. I said, man. And she had me up against the wall, man. It was the spirit just calling me out. She says, eye has not seen and ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who work hard for him, who go to church, no, who love him. But he will reveal it to you by his spirit. If she would have told me, you're going to marry a Swiss lady and you're going to be floating down the Amazon River in the jungle of Perus together. And then you're going to start a church in Switzerland and you're going to go to Africa to Ouagadougou. I was saying, What Ouagakwa? Wagga? what? What's Ouagadougou? I've never heard of this. It's never entered my ear or never even thought of this stuff. The things that God has prepared for those that love him. The, the people who wait, people who say, I'm a pilgrim. I'm waiting on you. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something more. I like you too. I don't know if y'all listen to their music. They've got another song called Walk On. And it says, we're packing a suitcase for a place none of us have ever been to before a place that has to be believed in in order to see it. You can't go to your travel agency and find this destination. It's in the Word of God. And it's a place that Jesus has been preparing for you and me for a long time. I've been pastoring a long time. I had this one little boy come up to me. Pastor, is there, are there dirt piles in heaven? And I told him, son, heaven is one huge dirt pile. He, wow. <laughs> he could never imagine such a thing. But, I mean, God is preparing something specific for you and for me. Loving him and waiting on him. Amen? Amen. Nobody's ever heard of a God who will work for us if we love him and we wait on him. Romans 8, 29 says it. All things work together for good to those who love God. And not the most active person in the church, not just Jason and, what is it, Nathan? Not just Jason and Nathan, but all things work together for good to those who love God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, in the same context, it says that the natural man cannot receive what I'm talking about right now. The natural man, natural Christian man, or the natural non-Christian man can't see this stuff. The Holy Spirit has to Reveal it to us. So as we're waiting upon him. Loving him. And one more thing in Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 12 and 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 12 and 13. He's talking about the priesthood. Saying how they would offer. Sacrifices in the temple, but then the burnt offerings would go outside of town. And says, So was Jesus. That he might sanctify us with his own blood, he suffered outside the gate of the town. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Why? Because here, We have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Many people like to go to the temple in downtown Jerusalem, and that's where everything's happening. No, what everything happened was outside of the town. It wasn't a megachurch at the tomb. They had been to the temple. There's nothing wrong with the temple. God has plans for the temple, but people who go outside of town. What does that mean to you and me? When I think of this church, A tornado comes through and tears your church down. And the next day you're going to Mexico on a missions outreach. I think you guys are going outside of the town where Jesus suffered. And we're entering into his suffering. And it doesn't say it here in this text. But not only did Jesus suffer outside of town, but the resurrection of Jesus happened outside of town. It didn't happen in downtown Jerusalem. And so, yeah, we go out bearing his reproach, but that's where the power of God will meet us. In, In Chronicles 16, verse 9, it says that the eyes of God are going to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for one person whose heart is committed toward him. Why? That he might more fully support him. He's like a quarterback looking for a receiver to throw the ball to, and then you've always got this guy, throw me the ball, throw me the ball, (laughs) and he's, I'm I'm open. And then (laughs) I wish they had a pause button. You could pause the football game and say, look, idiot, you're open because, you know, go get in double coverage. Jesus is looking for someone who is under double coverage, and he's going to throw you a spiral right in between those two defenders. And he is going to more fully support you. It's a principle. And we just renew in our minds to that. That his eyes right now are looking on us. And it's not something Jesus just started doing. He's been doing this for thousands of years. The eyes of God looking for a man who would stand up for him. And he saw a prophet here. He saw a judge here, Gideon or Samson. He'd find somebody. Isaiah, he'd find people. Every, uh, one good king, Hezekiah, Hezekiah, looking for someone that he can fully support him. And then one day, the eyes of God saw a man on a cross hanging there. And God said, I'm going to more fully support this person. And that's where God released all of his power. The eyes of God found Someone who was completely committed to Him. And that's where we come. If we connect ourselves to Christ, if we go outside of town to Him, then the eyes of God will fall on you and me and everything we're doing. He will will turn our children into something eternal. He will turn our church into something more than just for the next 20 years, a, a revival for 30 years. It will affect eternity. He will turn our marriage. We've been married 32 years this year. It's not, almost a little more than half of the causes. But uh, that he will turn our marriages into something more than just compatible. We're more than compatible. He will turn our business. He will turn everything we're doing, our Olympic efforts. Our, he will turn our New Year's resolutions into new millennial resolutions. Amen. I don't want my life to count for 10 years, for 20 years, for 50 years. God has put eternity within our hearts so that we might reach out and find him. Amen. Would you stand up with me, please? Love God. These are the resolutions for this year for me. Love God. Wait on God. Go out to him outside of the camp. That means Street church. Maybe you don't want to go outside of town. I think going to street church is leaving Jerusalem, downtown Jerusalem, and going out to where Jesus was crucified. And that's where the power will be felt. I think God is, I think He's very concerned if we want to have some achievements in sports or business or marriage. I'm not belittling these goals. These are great goals. But God wants to be involved in them. And he wants us to take all of our goals outside of town. If you're starting a new business, yeah, but include Christ in that business. The reason I'm starting this business, I want to see people get saved eternally. You can be just a lawn service or you can be an eternal lawn service cutting grass can get boring but if you see people get born again cutting grass that becomes a wonderful business I would love to work for you Amen Father God we thank you for confirming your word right now with signs following if you're tired of the mundane life if you want to put some spice into your marriage it's going to take more than just a meal out or lingerie it's going to take the spirit of God getting involved in your marriage to say I'm a pilgrim I'm leaving today I want to leave the mundane life. I want to enter into something eternal. If that's you, just raise up your hand wherever you're at. Amen. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of church as normal. I want to be a part of something incredible. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You draw us to the Father right now. Father, you see every hand raised right now. You see every heart open right now. Holy Spirit, thank you for your grace flooding right now. To release, to let go, to let go of the past, to forget it. Just crucify the past. Crucify the past and go for the future in Jesus' name. Go further. Go further. Go on in Jesus' name. See further. Look deeper. Go deeper. Leave behind. Leave behind fear and go deeper fly in Jesus name just like in your dreams